And we are live for another great edition of GSU Panther Zone. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. This is Impact Media's weekly venture into the world of the Georgia State Panthers football team. As always, if you would like to leave us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, any of that, go to anywhere you can find a podcast, including podcasts on Spotify, the iTunes store, and more. If there is a place that you regularly get a podcast and you cannot find us, please let us know, and we will remedy that and make sure you can find us wherever you get a podcast. If you would like to email the show, the number three, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. That is three endzone at gmail.com. On Facebook, you can search for Impact Media. You can search for GSU Panther Zone. You can search for myself, Jeremy York, and you should be able to find any of that. On Twitter, if you like, just, just want to click the link and listen to the show, at Team Impact Media is the place you can do that. At the Impact 99, also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Triller, will find myself where you will find not only the show links, but uh, just uh, everything in between uh, that, uh, that I want to share with you. Now, kind of a weird time to do the show. It's just the way it worked out. We're uh, doing the show the morning before the next game. They do play Coastal Carolina tonight. Uh, but I did want to get a show out to you guys and uh, share some of the press clips and things like that because it was it was quite quite the game. Now, of course, by now you guys probably know the Panthers lost 42 to 41 to Charlotte. Uh, a lot of directions that you could go with this one. You could say, well, they lost by one point and they missed an extra point early in the game. So that was the deciding factor. Possibly. You could go that route. Another route you could go is to say that when they scored and took the go-ahead touchdown, that uh, the receiver that scored the touchdown decided to dance in the end zone, got a 15-yard penalty. That was part of the kickoff, and that gave them slightly better field position because, I mean, they did run the ball out to the 31. They could have ran it out further, I guess. But uh, who knows what that 15 yards could have done. Um, You could point to the strip sack of Darren Granger near midfield early in the game. A guy come off his blind side. Darren never saw him, but they were able to um, strip him of the ball get credit for the sack, and return it for a touchdown. Um, You could talk about how this great defense gave up 42 points. Uh, It seemed like the three great receivers for Charlotte could run about anywhere they wanted to all day. We did have injuries. Uh, Blake Carroll, which we will get into. Um... You could also get into uh, Quavian White got a little dinged up. Ant Lane got a little dinged up. Um, that offensive lineman, defensive lineman. You could point to, to maybe, you know, people out of position or things like that. But at the end of the day, that is loss number three. And while none of them are in conference, that's, that's still three losses. That's, that's rough. 
that's a little rough. Um, before we get into stats of the game or anything like that, I want to play some clips from the press conference for you guys. So up first, we are going to uh, play part of the opening statement from Coach and uh, uh, listen to what he had to say. Starts with myself. It goes to our assistant coaches. Goes down to those captains. Goes down to our seniors. Goes down to everyone in that, that locker room. Um, I mean, it was uh, everybody take a turn from offensively to defensively. The special teams. Um, you go out there and you, it's 42 to 41. I think we we missed an extra point. Gave up a sack, fumble for a touchdown. Um, you know, 500 yards of offense for them on 66 plays. I mean, it just went up and down the field. Really, no answer. And as you can tell from uh, Coach there, he, he was uh, quite passionate, quite fired up, as he should be. And uh, that led us to ask, uh, I actually asked, uh, how long do you, how long do you let this one sink in before you move on to Coastal Carolina? And here's what Coach said about that. I tell you what, I hope it doggone sinks into us and I hope it lasts until the doggone kick off of Coastal. I really do. I hope it. I hope it lasts, and, and it should. Yeah. Who? Uh, honestly, I didn't see that one coming. I. I. I'll, I'll be honest, because I asked that question, and uh, but that makes sense. Coach doesn't want to forget this one. Doesn't want to just knock it off the the shoulder and and just move on like uh, like it didn't happen or didn't matter. He he wants these guys to remember. Everybody, everybody messed that one up. Uh, and then coach was asked about the impact of the missed extra point. And here's what he said about that. Listen, any, anytime you go and you, you, you miss a point attempt, I mean, uh, and you fall behind, you know, you got to go for two and, and you got to you know, rebound from that. I mean, those, those things are so... I mean, they're so important, but for whatever reason, the concentration level was just not there on the extra point attempt, and it goes wide, and it just – I mean, that, that – for, for me personally, it, it deflates me. You go out and you, you work and you put a drive together and you go there and you score, and then here we go for our extra point attempt, and for whatever reason, you just can't make – you cannot make the extra point. That's concentration. That's coaching. That's, that's, uh, that's on the player as well. It was a significant moment in the game. But there were a lot of those that I think had the ultimate effect on the outcome. And, uh, you know, Coach kind of hit on that there. And then lastly, uh, Coach was asked about the loss of Blake Carroll and if he had an update and what that may have meant for the uh, game going forward. Blake is a, a really, really great football player for us. Losing him was a... Tremendous loss. I, I don't know the update on him. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, we'll have to wait to see and hope for the best. But uh, yeah, when you lose a guy like Blake Carroll, you know he's a captain. He's a leader, and um, it, it it takes a little bit of juice out of you. And I think we all echo those sentiments that uh, Blake Carroll it has been an impact player, has been a standout player his entire career here at uh, Georgia State. I guess they here. I'm not really at there, but uh, losing him uh, means a lot. He's he's one of the leaders on this team, not just on the defense, but on this team. Uh, senior. 
I think he's lost for the season. I haven't heard an exact update. I'm sure we will hear one by tonight's game. Uh, 7.30, by the way. We will talk more about that here in a minute. But uh, at that point, it becomes next man up. And next man up, at least on the depth chart, is redshirt sophomore Justin Abraham. What do we know about Justin Abraham? Well, he is a 6'1", 233-pound redshirt sophomore from Hartsville, South Carolina. And um, he will potentially be the new inside linebacker starter uh, next to Jordan Venzial. That is about as much as I know. And, and I, you know, I feel good about him stepping in. Is he going to be Blake Carroll? No. Is he gonna, but, I mean, he, he could be better. He could be the same. I don't think he's worse. All the, all the athletes on this team play at a high level and can maintain that high level. So I look forward to it. If this is his first start, I look forward to it. And, you know, sometimes this is how you discover who the next guy up is, is they make an unexpected debut and they thrive. And I think, you know, when you look to – he looks to his outside and he sees John Trey Hunter – and Jamil Muhammad, and he looks right beside him on the inside, and he sees Jordan Venzial. He looks in front of him. He's got Javon Dennis, Thomas Gore, and Trey Moore. He looks behind him, Ja'Cory Crawford, Ant Lane, Quavian White, Brightwise Brown. Yeah, superstars. Just a, a, a cornucopia of talent. So I, I think... They're going to be able to help him ease into the game, and then he's going to be able to carve out that spot on his own. Uh, not to be outdone, it also could be redshirt freshman Jordan Jones, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Justin Abraham. Could be either one. Uh, but we'll find out tonight at, uh, at the big stadium. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, about the uh, game here. Uh, we'll start with Tucker Gregg, who got 100 yards on 23 carries. We were able to run the ball, able to run the ball a little bit better than we have so far this year. To be the bread and butter of this team, uh, I've I really, at, at any given point last year, you could expect almost 300 yards on the ground. This year, it's it's right around 200. I think we had one game that was under 200, but they've been right at 200, which is still a good number, but. At least they got Tucker Gregg up to 100. Uh, Marcus Carroll, 15 carries for 95. At least we were able to get those guys going. Uh, Tucker Gregg ended up with two of those as two of the touchdowns. Uh, but Coach even said, it's not one of the clips I played, but Coach even said that uh, towards the second uh, start of the second half, they wanted to get Marcus more involved. They were able to do that, and they felt like they try to go with who's the hot hand, who's the better matchup in, in a given situation. And they said, given that situation, Marcus Carroll was making some tremendous runs. I mean, he had his long. He had the longest run of the day at 96 yards, and not to be outdone, Darren Granger ended up with uh, 63 total yards. And of course, we all know we're you know we're not leaving out jam. We have this three-headed attack, which means at any given point, I mean, really a four-headed attack if you if you include Darren Granger, where you know at 
any particular time, any of those four could go off for more than 100 yards. At any given time, two of them could, or three of them could. And, you know, that's something that... That's something that this team, that is that has been one of the bread and butters. It was the, the stalwart defensive effort. And it was the and it was the running of uh at the time it was Tucker Gregg and and uh just Jam Williams, but now you have Marcus Carroll, Mark, now you have Darren Granger, if if you know if you can get those going, we're going to talk about you know keys to the game later on, but that really puts you in a good situation to open up the passing game, which let's get to next. Darren Granger, 22 for 34. He threw the one interception. Darren, I'll give you a little bit of credit on that throw, but that was not the world's best pass. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't an atrocious decision. But... I, I mean, I understand why you tried to throw it, but it, I, I don't know if you can throw that right there. I, it's, it is what it is. So, hey, you play quarterback, I don't. So maybe you saw something that I don't, and you probably know better than I do. So, uh, just, just keep the level head and and keep doing what you're doing. But 22 for 34, the one interception, 343 yards, four touchdowns. He was sacked twice. One was a strip sack. One was a pretty good shot he took, but uh, he got up. He was okay. His longest pass play of the game was 73 yards. That was to Jamari Thrash. We will talk about Jamari Thrash now in the receiving game. He led with 10 catches for 213 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted 15 times, caught 10 of them. Uh, uh, Cradle had six catches for 59. Lost my place for a second. Sorry about that. 59 yards. He had a 21-yard uh passing catch or catch and run rather on his day. He was targeted six times, had the six catches. Good job there. Uh, Lewis, who was to break out the last couple games, uh, the last three games, he had three catches on four targets for 57 yards and a touchdown, including a 34 yard catch. And uh, Chris Bird, who has been playing in place of, of Aubrey Payne, and uh, has been doing pretty good, but he was he was targeted six times for three catches, 14 yards. He actually had two touchdowns. It's what Aubrey Payne used to give you: the uh, yardage up the middle, up the up the seam, and also uh, a big red zone target. Um, in fact, I don't know if we've seen it much this year, but uh, if it were me and I was wanting to change it up, I would put Bird and Payne. And I would put two tight ends, two big targets near the red zone and uh, really confuse the defense. Just me. I'm not the coach. I'm not going to tell them what to do. But uh, just outsider opinion. Uh, luckily, Michael Hayes only had to punt three times. He had an average of 45.3 on that, as long as it was 52, two of which were inside the 20. He does a fantastic job there. Uh Let's see. He Yeah, I don't think we attempted a field goal, so we didn't have to worry about that. Um but overall I mean overall this team 
ran 87 plays for 596 yards. And Charlotte had 66 plays for 501 yards. But the difference was just the timely turnovers, a couple of the miscues, and the things like that. Um, this was a very winnable game. You could say North Carolina was a winnable game. You could say South Carolina was a winnable game. On any other day, any other days, these games could easily have been uh, Georgia State wins. They instead of being 0 and 3, which is what they are, they could have been 1 and 2, 2 and 1, 3 and 0. I, I think 2 and 1 is very feasible, but. At the end of the day, you, as Parcell says, you are what your record says you are, and you are 0-3 heading into conference play. Now, there's one non-conference game coming up, I believe, next week. Next weekend, they go to Army, which if that that's at some point, everybody should try to go see a game up at West Point. But beyond that, you're pretty much playing your conference from here on out, and you need to win practically every one of those to have a chance at the conference title, which this team still has. It's wide open because they've yet to play a conference game. 0-3, that sucks. But that can't you can't let it derail your season. I got the game coming up tonight, which we're going to talk about after we get back from this break, where we will talk to you about our friends from betonline.net. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back. Remember to visit our friends at betonline.net. They have the articles, they have the betting lines, they have the podcast. They have so much information that they're really doing a lot of the homework for you. So definitely go check them out, betonline.net. Let's talk about this game tonight. Coastal Carolina is 3-0. They are visiting Georgia State, who is 0-3. The betting line on this, according to Caesar Sportsbook, is Coastal Carolina favored by two points. How many times have you ever seen a 3-0 team play an 0-3 team, and the 3-0 team who is on the road is the two-point favorite? Yeah, I'm not going to give you long to go look that one up. Uh... They really have this as a 50-50 contest, and it very much could be. Uh, some of the big players 
for them, well, we're going to see a familiar face as Sam Pinckney is, uh, he transferred from Georgia State to Coastal Carolina in the offseason. He is their leading receiver at the moment with 15 receptions, 259 yards, and a touchdown. Their leading running back is Reese White, who has 36 attempts, 245 yards, a touchdown. He's averaging about 6.8 a game. Then we get to the quarterback, Grayson McCall. We've seen Grayson McCall before. He is a very good, very polished quarterback. Right now, he has... 733 yards passing, nine touchdowns. He has thrown one interception, has a QBR of 59. To be 3-0, he is, uh, he's had an interesting passing game. It seems like they're going to really try to run the ball here because when he faced Army, they hosted Army, they beat them 38-28. He was 12 for 17 for 174 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. When they faced Gardner-Webb, they won 31 to 27, 22 for 30, 308, three touchdowns and an interception. And then last week, they played Buffalo. He was 16 for 24 for 251, three touchdowns. Say longest, yeah. His longest was 59 last week, but 33 and 26. Other than that, what does that tell me? That tells me that the run game and this defense and special teams are setting them up with good field position, and he is just capitalizing with short plays. He's a great quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong; he can bust loose and go for over 300 yards, like he did with Gardner Webb. But Georgia State is a better football team than Gardner-Webb. They're a better football team than Army. They're a better football team than Buffalo. That may be why this is a lot closer up. Um, they score about 35 points a game. They allow about 27 points a game, which is pretty much the polar opposite of what Georgia State is currently, 27 and 37 on theirs. They average 255 yards passing a game, and they average 176 rushing yards. I still think the run is setting up their passes, I'll be honest. Georgia State, on the other hand, is uh, at 213 passing and 231 rushing. I think that number's going to go up. Um... On yards allowed, they give up almost 300 yards passing a game. And they only allow about 100 yards rushing a game. We're about the same. We're, I think uh, our rush yards is 120 as opposed to 1, and 304 as opposed to 289. But this matchup, this is going to be a fun matchup. We finally get into division play. These these two are going to be fighting it out for the East. You throw in App State, who is uh, the, the perennial favorite. These are the three teams. You can throw Southern in there. They, if they're putting some stuff together. It's a loaded East. And I'm not even mentioning the James Madison, the Marshall, or the Old Dominion that have um, so far made a non-conference 
pattern of knocking off big teams. But this is a huge game. It got bumped up to ESPN, too. That means the powers that be at ESPN or ABC or Disney, or both, or all three, decided this was going to be a monster game, which it is. So, what to look for in this game? 7.30, ESPN2, unless you want to go down there and see the game. There are plenty of tickets still available, great seats still available. Uh, I was looking at it earlier. Here is what I think Georgia State needs to do. Three keys to victory. Number one. I don't want to set an actual number. It would be nice to see 250 plus rush yards, but I'm going to say whether it's Tucker Craig, whether it's Jam Williams, whether it's Marcus Carroll, whether it's Darren Granger, you've got to get at least two of those guys motoring down the field with the ball. Whichever two it is, doesn't matter. If it's, if it's three of them, it's all four of them, that's even better. At least two of them need to be on the ground pounding out the yards. Because that's going to open up the pass game. I know we say that, that sounds cliche, but it is absolutely true. If they start to drop people into the box to try to help with the run game, then we can open it up and you could find Robert Lewis, Ter Terrence Dixon, Jamari Thrash, or even Chris Bird or Aubrey Payne. You know, you could find one of those guys cradle down the field. So, number one, we need at least two of those four to be just motored down the field. Number two, the defense. Yes, they, Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, they do have more pass yards than run yards. But I'm not as afraid of McCall as most. And I don't think Georgia State is either. I don't think Coach Elliott is. I don't think he's afraid of much at all. But I don't think that McCall is as scary as others. So I think we crack down on the run defense and force McCall into and, and get enough pressure on him to force him into some quick throws, some fast decisions, and I think we're going to be able to get some turnovers, some fumbles, some interceptions, some things like that, and just make completions that are going to set us up for success. So I think we should really jump on the run defense, shut down their run game, and force McCall to make some crazy fast decisions. And then third, this is just a blanket statement. I said similar on the Georgia Tech show earlier this week with John Watts, GT John. How about special teams? We do what we're supposed to do. We do everything we're supposed to do. Things happen. I understand. You can't hit everything. You can't do everything right all the time. Let's get as close as we can. Let's not miss extra points. Let's not have punts blocked. Let's not have kickoffs go out of bounds. You know, simple things. I'm not even talking about the returns at this point. No kicks blocked, and let's make our kicks. I know that Michael Hayes is an exceptional punter. He's, an, he's a great kicker. He's good at kickoffs. He's good at all that. Let's make sure everybody around him is as well. Let's, let's, make, let's make it across the board. We're on 11. 11 Warriors ready to go. Shout out to uh, the holder, Cade Loggins, and the snapper, Seth Clouser, as well. They always get 
shout outs when I do media and of course uh, McKelly Colasurdo. Shout out to you. Keep grinding, sir. Those guys always get shout outs when I do things, but that to me is the keys to victory. And as I said, 7.30 tonight, ESPN2, the Chanticleers versus the Panthers under the lights at Center Park Stadium. I'll be there. Would love to see you guys there if you can't make it ESPN2. And remember the three keys to victory. Shut down the run game, force McCall into making decisions faster than he wants to. Second thing, I need at least two of the four main runners on this team to just get motoring down the field. Make some, some big runs, really just pound it into them. And number three, let's just button up and tighten up the special teams. It's not the effort. The effort's there. The execution, the concentration, things Coach just talked about. That's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people and Panther fans who make this so much fun to come on and talk GSU Panthers each and every week. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys under the lights tonight. Go Panthers!